Hello, this is William Cooper. Welcome to Awakening Together. Are you doing okay today? I hope so. Well, where we left off in the last podcast is the valedictorian of his class, the kid, had his hands out. I had given him the hypnotic suggestion along with the other 10 participants up on stage in the stage show. I'd given him the suggestion that the number two no longer existed. So they counted their fingers, one, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. They were freaking out. He believed he had eleven fingers, and that's where we left it. He put his hands out, and he wanted to place his hands on my hands, even though he believed he had eleven fingers. Somehow he knew if he placed his hands on my hands, he would have a deeper knowledge. He would know something. Knowing always trumps believing. Can I use that word, trump? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, Anyway, knowing always, I'm going to use it, trumps believing. It will dissolve A direct experience will always dissolve simply believing something. Once I jump into the water and start to swim, I know more about swimming. And no matter what I read about it, if it's contrary to what my actual direct experience knowledge is, I will trust my direct experience rather than my book knowledge. Uh... I believe there's a cobra in the corner all night long while it's dark. The sun rises. My direct experience, I see that it's a rope. That belief that it's a cobra dissolves once and for all. Where at the stage show, I had 100, 200 people watching and I we were having a great graduation stage show. So I'm not about to let him have the direct experience and dissolve his hypnotic suggestion. So I didn't let him put his hands on my hands. Yes, later I gave them all back the number two and we (laughs) solved the whole problem that way. But this has something to do with us on a more deep level. The power of direct experience in dissolving falsehoods, beliefs, the belief that we're separate from ourself, the belief that something's wrong when it's not. But we have to experience first directly that everything's okay, directly that we're whole and we're not separate. We're going to get to that probably in the next podcast and talk about direct experiences, coherence therapy, and a number of other things that will make sense of what we're doing and give you a fundamental principle that you can apply across the board. But today, in this podcast, I'd like to look first at what we traditionally do that doesn't work. It doesn't work completely. It works a little bit. And what that is, is typically called counteractive therapy or counteractive uh, action. And what I mean by that is counteractive does not solve the original problem. It just layers another action or feeling on top of it. 
It's often found in our culture, most every way that we deal with things. It doesn't really solve the problem. It just gives you something to counteract that problem, which still remains. It gives you a way to counteract it. I'll give you an example. Telling a depressed person to go for a jog. You don't get rid of the original depression, the reason why it's there. You're just distracting that person and helping them burn off some negative feelings, perhaps. But they're still, at heart, depressed. Or giving them a medication. You're not solving the original depression. You're medicating it. And the same can happen with somebody with anxiety. We can try to medicate it away, um, anesthetize the person. Now, I know that this is an oversimplification a lot of times, that sometimes there really is a chemical imbalance, and in those cases, medication can be very helpful. And also, medication can be helpful just learning new behaviors and how to relax, uh, even if it is suppressing. So, I don't want to oversimplify and say don't use medication, Sometimes, in fact, a lot of times medication can be extremely helpful. All I'm saying is there's a big portion of that kind of uh, way of looking at things that is counteractive and not necessarily dissolving or solving the underlying problem. Maybe it is, but oftentimes that's not the case. So we may take these counteractive measures with any of our problems. Hey, go for a jog, or take your mind off of it, or watch TV, or have a drink, let's go to happy hour, let's have a relationship, let's do this, that, or the other. These are all counteracting, right? They're distracting us, they're overlaying other behaviors on top of our original problem, but they're not dissolving the original problem. Maybe they're suppressing the original problem. You've heard of the word repression. We do that all the time. There are so many positive ways to counteract, but they still do not take care of dissolving the original problem. For instance, you could work at a food bank. Hey, I'm depressed or I'm anxious. I'll work on a food bank and I'll give to others. That will help me feel better. It will help you feel better because... You're opening up and letting the natural qualities of your loving being flow. But it still doesn't dissolve the original problem. It's like you have two things. You're feeling the positive aspects of your being, but you haven't dissolved the negative things that are going on. Meditation, that could be counteractive. I feel terrible. That's why I'm even listening to this podcast right now. Or that's why I'm learning to meditate, because I feel terrible. Well, meditating under those circumstances, you might fall into a solution. But let's be a little more focused and effective than just falling into a solution, maybe. We'll start with looking at the solutions in the next podcast. But still, at this point, looking at how we suppress things, how we counteract things, when we have a problem, we have this neural network already built. That is the problem, the neural network. It's a habit. It's the way we're wired or have wired ourselves. 
So the counteractive solution is to put uh, more neural network on top of the old one without dissolving the original neural network that we have. It would be like, think of this, you put a rock in your pocket and you meditate. After meditation, the rock is still in your pocket. You have a problem before meditation, you have a problem after, unless you've deconstructed it. Unless you've taken the rock out of your pocket, it's still there. You have awakening. You have a rock in your pocket after awakening, if you had a rock in your pocket before awakening. Awakening doesn't get rid of the rock in the pocket. It can be quite startling to somebody when they awaken to discover that they have lots of problems and they're suffering greatly at the same time. What's going on is they're feeling the oneness of all things. They're awake, but they haven't dissolved the rock in their pocket or their problems have not been deconstructed or reoriented to their new clarity of being. They're still functioning through an old habit, habitual way. And so they're still causing suffering. If you're used to punching yourself in the nose every three minutes, even if you're awake, it still hurts when you continue to punch yourself in the nose every three minutes. Now, for reasons we'll talk about in the next podcast, you may stop punching yourself in the nose every three minutes once you're awake. Yes. But we're going to look at very precisely how does that happen so that we can speed it along. Why? Because we all want to be happy, right? The point is, just because you're awake doesn't mean that you're integrated. You still are functioning using an old personality that was built from information, from uh, being informed from a different point of view, from the point of view of being cut off from yourself, from being separate. So that's your rock and your pocket. This is a personality built on hurt, fear, and anger. Uh, It hurts. And until that rock is reintegrated into your awakening, you have two things going on. You actually feel the bliss of awakening, but at the same time, the incredibly great suffering of being separate in a distinct and different personality. So it's a big problem. Okay, so that's enough for this podcast. Let's uh, look forward to seeing you next podcast, and we'll pick up with coherence therapy and a number of other things, direct experience. Um, We'll talk about all this stuff. All right, have a great time, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Hello, this is William Cooper. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider following me and sending somebody a link so they can enjoy it too. Thanks so much.